Welcome to the podcast of Grace and Peace Church. We're glad you're journeying with us, and we hope that you find value from the teachings. If you'd like to connect or support the mission of Grace and Peace Church, check us out at graceandpeacechurch.org or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Grace and Peace. All right, so we are in our series, and we're just cruising through Mark, and um, I've really enjoyed just kind of taking it thought by thought and working through it. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed that. Um, But while I was cooking up this sermon this week, I was reminded of just how powerful um, this process of formation is and what Jesus is trying to do to form his disciples. Because what we're looking at is like how Jesus walks with his disciples. He journeys with them. And then here we're going to see he sends them out. So this is kind of one of those big lesson times where he's teaching his disciples how to begin to live into the kingdom of God. And so um, I was just like really, I don't know, keenly aware of how we need to be committed to this way of life the same way the disciples were. Because the disciples were walking with Jesus, seeing how he was doing it, messing up over and over. And Jesus is like reinstating them, like teaching them, showing them the way to to live this out and continually just developing in them um, this kind of this faithfulness. And um, and I just I long for that for us as a community. And and I want to I don't know, I just want to really push into that what it means to be this this kind of people who gather here as grace and peace uh, to be the kind of people that are like the disciples, where they're just wanting to learn from Jesus. And I hope that that's what, um, what we're always doing and what we're taking away from our time together. But um, I was just reminded of that, of like how, how formed we need to be. And, um, and there's a podcast that I'll, I'll put in the, the show notes. If you guys uh, have the notes for today, the bulletin has all this stuff. But there's show notes in our podcast and in our, our YouTube link when we post it. Um, and I usually link in kind of the extra information that I don't have time to really dig into in there. And, um, but this podcast that I've been listening to, um, it's with John Mark Comer, and he interviews these different pastors. And one of them was this guy from New York. And one of the things that I'm going to drop a couple quotes in here is what he says is that we're constantly being transformed, Right. And if you want to go back and listen to last week, like I talked about like how there's truth that transforms us, and then there's all kinds of other information that transforms us that could be negative, right? Um, and I talked about ideas and concepts and different things that like we're always being formed every single day, right? Like you've probably heard the stats of like how many advertisements we see a day. And we say like, those don't affect us, but my kids repeat those advertisements, right? Like I hear them go like, uh, what's the one that they always quote? Mossy Nissan. I'm like, how do you know that? And I was like, well, because we hear it on a regular basis all the time, like on TV or somewhere, you know? And, um, and so we're being formed. Like we're always being formed. Like we're being formed sitting here, hopefully by Jesus. But during the week, we're being formed by advertisement. We're being formed by the relationships that we have, um, the TV that we watch, the podcasts we listen to. Everything is forming us. And it could be forming us good, right? Or it could be forming us for the worse. And, I, and my hope and my prayer is just continually that we're aware of that, that we're being formed, but we need to be formed by something that is good and beautiful. And so that's what we're going to talk about is a little bit more of like that transformation that happens here as Jesus journeys with his, um, his disciples and sends them out now. So, um, so we see this, this transformation work that he's doing and the visual analogy that I want us to think about as we're going through this passage is farming, okay? Um, 
Jesus is sending out his disciples, but there's a process of teaching them how to farm, essentially. And this analogy, I think, really works, and it'll carry us through this, and it'll carry us through discipleship fairly well. And so you think about farming, what are kind of the basic needs when you, when you think of farming? Ponder that. Basic needs when you're farming. You got to prep soil, right? You got to have equipment to prep that soil correctly. Um, and there's all kinds of concepts and ways that people prep soil, um, which now we're discovering that like even tilling soil is kind of old school and there's like new ways to do it. There's like no-till farming. So there's all kinds of like ideas of how people farm, right? So there's work that goes into that. There's scattering a seed. So there's planting the actual plants that you want to eat. Um, and then there's knowing where to plant those, right? Because you just go out on the front driveway and just start throwing seeds out. That's not going to work. So the seeds have to know, you have to know where to put those seeds, right? Concrete's not going to work very well. We already went through that passage. Um, and Jesus talks about it, like knowing where to plant. And then um, there's when to plant, right? If I try and throw out some tomatoes right now, will it work? Maybe? I don't know. Summertime is when we do tomatoes, right? Like that's, that's the time. Always. Yeah, we're, we're very special. We're unique. Yeah, we're like, we can just like buck the system however we want. Um, planting in certain parts of the world and country, you have to know when to plant. You have to know when that whole thing happens. Um, and, and you kind of have to be okay knowing all of those steps and then trusting the system, right? Because I'm sure many of you have done that before where you planted like 10 and you only got five. Um, so you have to know that there's going to be a process of like, I'm planting this, I'm working towards it, I'm gaining knowledge, I'm learning how this works, but then also know that it's not always going to work out in every scenario, every seed that I plant, right? So this analogy, I just want you to think about it as we read this, okay? So here we go. Um, Chapter 6 in Mark, and we're going to start in verse 7. There's a little portion of it that carries over from the last passage. But um, then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the 12 to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits, which is interesting. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money, and no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. So nothing extra is happening here. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet. And when you leave, uh, when you leave as a testimony against them, they went out and preached that they should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Okay, so Jesus sends out the twelve. I threw this little uh, gardening backdrop here just so you guys can continually have that visual. Um, This analogy, I believe, carries us through it um, and really begins to, like, I think, shed light on what Jesus is doing here with his disciples. So um, love planting, love that stuff. I love the process of, like, just reaping that harvest after all that hard work that goes into it. And so what we have here is Jesus sending out the disciples to preach. This is the first moment where he's putting trust in them, right? Think about this moment. So he's been journeying with them, teaching them. They've been watching him heal, watching him in the synagogue. And now he's like, each of you, I'm pairing you up. There's purpose in that, which we're not going to, most sermons, most pastors, most churches will like center around the like sending of the two by two and work together. We're going to hit on a little bit, 
But what we're going to hit on is more of the shake the dust part of this passage, okay? But Jesus sends them out trusting them, trusting them that they can handle this. Think about that. So he's sending them out saying, you're going to go preach. You're going to go bring healing. You're going to go do this stuff. And I'm trusting you with this. I'm trusting you with this message. And I think there's something there that we have to realize as Christians that sometimes we feel inadequate. We don't feel like we're prepared enough. Um, and what we need to be reminded of is that Jesus trusts us, that Jesus will work through us regardless of how equipped um, or ill-equipped we feel in that process. Um, and so I think there's recognizing that there's seasons of planting, seasons of growing, and the disciples probably didn't feel adequate at this point, right? They were probably like, we're not ready to farm. Like, we don't know how to do this whole farming process. We haven't seen it all um, yet. And, but Jesus is like, no, you're going to start farming. You're going to start to get into this process of scattering these seeds, bringing the message. And so what Jesus does is he, he demonstrates there, I believe, is he, he demonstrates this like, continual need to be cultivating, continual need to be growing. Even if you don't feel ready, you still plant seeds. You're still going to try this. Um, none of us have succeeded, I'm sure, the first time you planted a garden, if you've ever planted a garden or planted plants, right? Like you went, well, next year I'm going to do it a little different. But you still went for it, right? And that's what you see Jesus doing. That's what you see him like teaching into the disciples. It's like, just go for it. Like begin to see how this process works. Begin to learn. Um, so going back to that, that pastor that I've been listening to, this guy, John Tyson from New York, um, and he, one of the things that he says that just rocked me was this. He says, Jesus' life was always lived for others. True spiritual formation will always drive us beyond ourselves. Otherwise, it's just renewed, uh, renewing project self. And that's like a phrase that he uses of like, it's not just about you, okay? Um, but what I love about this is that what Jesus is doing with his disciples here is he's sending them out um, and forming them to know that like what, what I'm doing in your life isn't meant just for you. This is meant for the community. This is meant for you to go back into the community and bring this transformation. Not just you get healed, not just you and your crew like get everything right, but he's like, you're going to continually go. And that's part of our formation is that we have to recognize that we have to go. We have to go and share this. Like if if we're just a dead-end street to this whole process of discipleship, it's going to fall flat. And so um, Jesus was never calling his disciples just to sit and listen to him 24-7 and learn from him. And I know that's weird to hear, but I think that's sometimes what the church says is like we should always just be looking to Jesus in everything. We do, but what he says is like, don't just learn from me continually. Like, don't just feed off of me you eventually need to go and do something with what I've taught you, right? Like, you have to apply what you're learning, essentially. And so um, this posture that we see um, Jesus modeling with his disciples is like this constant, like, okay, I'm going to take you in. You're going to grow. You're going to learn. You're going to develop. But then you need to go out. You need to be sent. You need to go and, and live this out. Um, and so then he's, here's the rules that he has as he sends them out, right? Basically, take nothing with you. Um, what do you guys do before you leave the house? Do you guys have the, the threefold checklist that I have? Wallet, phone, keys? No? Where you like tap this pocket, this pocket, and this pocket, and like this one actually? Like, yeah, there we go. Um, it's the Holy Trinity. Um, we trust in that. Like, why do we do that? Why do we say wallet, phone, keys? 
Those are like the three ingredients to success, right? Like you're not leaving the house if you don't have keys. You're probably not going to do very well if you needed to stop and get gas. You got to make sure you have your wallet um, and your phone. We all know that one, right? I don't need to describe that one. Like we're addicted to that thing. Like you have to have it. If something happens, God forbid, like we break down, we would never survive if we didn't have our phone, right? Because nobody else could help us. Um, Sorry, just to be crude about that. But I'm just as guilty. Like, I know that, like, wallet, keys, phone, like, I have to have those things to make it through my day or else I'm just not going to work. But really what Jesus does is he kind of pokes fun at that. And what he does is he, he shows our dependency on those three things, right? Wallet, phone, keys. We just, we feel like we always have to have it. And what he says is take no extra jacket, basically, just the sandals you have, the jacket you have, like no extra money, right? No extra food. All these things that we lean on, that we trust in, that we think this, is, this will make me content, this will get me through this journey. He's like, no, you don't need all that. And he sends them out two by two. Just go, trust, have this kind of faith that you can do this, that I'm going to provide for you, that there's going to be other people that are going to work with you in this. And, uh, and there's something beautiful of that. And then he says... And as you go through these cities and as you go and trust, if people don't receive you, if they're not into it, what does he say? A famous phrase that's gotten popular over decades, I'm sure, right? Shake the dust. If it didn't, doesn't work out, shake the dust, right? So I want to I unpack that shake the dust phrase a little bit. How many of you guys have heard shake the dust? Like, is, is that common? Or is it just me? Okay. Only in the Bible. Okay. Um, but I've heard like other people say it where they're like, oh, just shake the dust or like shake it off, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, and I think the, uh, the beauty of getting the background of this really helps us see why Jesus says shake the dust. Um, because this is like when I first read it, I was like, there has to be like history to this. Like there has to be a reason why he says shake the dust, like shake the dust off your sandals. There must be some kind of symbolism there. There must be something that he's referring to. Because it is kind of obscure, right? Um, but here's the origin. So if you go back to Isaiah, which Jesus quotes Isaiah a lot, if you go back to Isaiah 52, it actually uses this phrase. And it, as you read 52, and I would challenge you just to read the whole thing, I'm going to give you a lot of it because there's a lot of chunks in there where you'll be like, wow, hopefully you will. I was amazed when I started studying it. Um, but there's a lot of kind of references to what he's doing here with the disciples and what he's doing uh, when it comes to him being Messiah and, and, and the prophecy of what's being fulfilled here. So um, it says, awake, awake, Zion. Clothe yourselves with strength. Shake off your dust. Rise up, sit enthroned, Jerusalem. So the town that he's sending, sending them to is kind of like home court, right? Because right before this, we heard that he wasn't received in his hometown, and he's sent out to a Jewish culture. Because he says, you're not going to go to the Gentiles yet if you read the same passage in Matthew. He says, you're not going to go out to the Gentiles yet. What you're going to do is you're going to go to Jerusalem. You're going to go to Israel. You're going to go to the people that are familiar with this whole thing of Messiah coming. And so the first thing he says is like, arise, awake. Like we have great news. Like there's something amazing that's about to happen. And he says, shake off your dust. And so this reference would have been fairly familiar for people. Um, but what he's doing is saying, there is something beautiful happening. And if you don't want to be a part of it, you're missing out, right? So he's like this, arise, like be excited about this. Free yourselves from the chains on your neck, daughter Zion, now a captive, right? 
For this is what the Lord says. You were sold for nothing, and without money, you will be redeemed. So there's a sense of like, the culture at that time would have been waiting for Messiah. They were anticipating it because they're in a culture where they're being oppressed by Rome, where everything that they had anticipated wasn't happening. And so for Jesus to come and say, like, we're bringing the gospel, we're bringing this, the, kingdom, the message of the kingdom of God, arise, this would have been, there would have been a connection there with him. Like, oh, this is, it's starting to unfold. Like, the king is coming. He's returned. Um, and we are no longer going to be in chains. We're going to be redeemed. And it says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. What is he sending out the disciples to do? Bring good news, Right? Because that phrase goes on over and over. We're bringing good news. The good news of the kingdom of God. We're going to heal. We're setting people free. We're breaking chains. And, and so again, like this would have been a reference that people would have went, wait a minute, what's with the shake off the dust? Oh, this is something like, that's unfolding here. And it goes on. Um, sorry, I'm going to show you a lot of this uh, Isaiah 52 passage. Uh, who proclaim uh, peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns? You see what's happening here? Like they're bringing this message that Jesus is calling to. Listen, your watchmen, lift up your voices. Together they will shout for joy. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the, right, uh, in the sight of all the nations. The holy arm, Jesus is referred to as the right hand of God, right? There's like power there. There's like reference to like him being this like beautiful, beautiful savior that's coming to like set things right, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Okay. Um, it goes on a little bit more, I think. Was there one more little chunk there? Um, I believe there is one more little piece. Um, yeah, and he says, all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of the Lord. See, my servant will act wisely. He will, ra- he will be raised up and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were uh, appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being. Sound familiar? Jesus on the cross, transfigured um, or disfigured. And his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were, to- were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. There's like this fulfillment that's happening here where Jesus is coming in and these disciples are out to share this message. Um, So shake the dust, rise up. It was like this idea of like this proclamation of joy and freedom and like this is the good news. This is an amazing thing that is coming to your life here and now. And so that's what the disciples are bringing. And so um, as I read this, I just think of like the motivation for why these disciples are going out. The motivation wasn't, you're wrong, we have the right news, believe it now. It was, we have great news, do you want to receive this? Do you want to be set free, right? That's why healings are tied into what's happening here, because it's God's power on display. And so the motives for sharing the gospel, and when we think of like when we, like if you've been around the church for a while, you talk about like sharing your faith or like, um, evangelism, right? Sharing the gospel with other people. Um, I think kind of the old school mentality is you need to believe the things that I believe and then you'll be in the right. But what we see here is the disciples are sent out to bring the good news. And there was never like a, I'm going to argue with you until you understand because you need to get this. 
It was shake the dust. If they don't want it, like, this is an amazing thing that we have. It's a beautiful gift. If you don't want it, you don't have to take it. Like, the heart of God is not to force you to do anything. The heart of God is saying, I have this thing that will transform life. Do you want it? If you don't, shake the dust. Move on, right? Um, When I think of the purpose of farming, what is the purpose of planting plants that bear fruit? The fruit, right? We don't plant plants just for the sake. Well, some of us do it for beauty, but um, the point of planting the plant is to bear that fruit. The hard work that goes into it, the, the time thinking about it, investing in it, researching it, and really getting it all dialed in, getting the soil all ready, is to bear that fruit. It's to bring sustenance, to have this beautiful thing that transforms life, right? Um, when we talk about sharing the gospel, that's what it should be. That's the motive that we have. That when we look around and you see people that are hurting, that are broken, um, what we have is sustenance for that. What we have is fruit for that that says, we will transform your life. And it's not us, it's God working through us, right? The disciples knew that. They knew that like, they were just going to trust in God and that he's going to do his work and then leave the rest to him, right? Um, so being able to, I think, share our faith with a motive that says, I care about you, um, that the reason I'm here is to bring something that's beautiful, transformative to your life, uh, I think is a, just a total different perspective when we talk about sharing our faith. Um, we don't farm to be better than others, right? Nobody farms to be like, I got a better farm than you. I have better crops than anyone in this town, right? Like, we farm to sustain life, right? There's part of it that I'm going to add in there is to bring flavor and joy to life because there is beauty that happens in there. I'm not going to discredit that. I think God wove that in for a reason. Like, we enjoy, we all like different foods in this room, I'm sure, but there's different foods that just, they bring joy, right? But the purpose of it is to sustain life. That's what the motive is. Like, sustain life and life to the full, like Jesus talks about. Not just like, I'm going to bring you something good that just makes you survive. It's like, I want you to experience life to the full. And that's what Jesus is doing. And I think when we approach evangelism or talking to people about our faith, we need to be able to walk away. Did I throw it in there? With our integrity and character intact. And what do I mean by that is if we approach conversations and we approach sharing our faith with a way that's argumentative, that says you have to believe what I believe or you're whatever, fill in your blank, your motive is probably wrong. And if you think about farming, if you're the farmer and you've produced amazing apples, you've produced amazing carrots, and you're like, I just want to share this with you. I want you to experience this because it's going to sustain life. Don't you think that's a different argument than you have to eat this broccoli or you will die? That's a different approach, right? Or my broccoli is the best broccoli. Your kids will even eat it. Like, I don't know, carrots, whatever. Like, the point of the whole process, and that's why I love this analogy, is like, it comes from this heart of, I want you to, I want to sustain life. I want you to experience life to the full. And if you're coming at evangelism and sharing your faith with an argumentative place where you're just like, you're demeaning the other person, you're coming from this place of like, you're wrong, I'm right, 
All that's going to end with is somebody saying, I want to never be a part of that farm. I never want to be part of what they're doing. Like, there's no fruit in that. That doesn't taste good. It's not sustaining life. It actually, like, tears me down being around that. Um, It begins to transform how we think about discipleship, right, and how we think about evangelism. Um, The disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. If you look into Acts, I don't have the time to dig into that portion of it, but... um, Paul, in that instance, had shared his faith with, um, I believe he was in Rome, and shared his faith in Iconium, and shares his faith with all these people, and some of them received it, were excited about it, some of them rejected it, but he didn't, like, get in their face. It says he had joy. Him and the disciples had joy. Him and whoever he was sharing um, the gospel with, they had joy in that. So it should always be joy woven into this process of sharing our faith. It should never be this angry, argumentative, us versus them conversation. It should be, here's what it is. It's amazing. You want it? No? Okay, that's fine. Like, you'll begin to see that there is this truth that is good that's always going to be held up around you. Um, And you have the choice to be part of that or not. Um, And that's just the heart of God. It's always been that way. And so... Um, one of the beautiful things we see here is that there was success, that there was healing that took place, there was lives that were transformed as a result of what they did. Um, and, but then there was also rejection, and Jesus was preparing them for that. And I think that's some of the things that we don't really talk about as a church, is that there's going to be rejection at times. Like, people aren't going to all want your carrots, right? <laughs> like, the fruit that you're growing. They're not all going to want everything that you're farming. Um, and that's fine. And we have to be okay with that rejection. We have to be okay with that failure. And as Matt and I were talking about this message, that um, there's become a bit of a, um, a, a culture of understanding that failure is okay um, because we've been taught so often that we have to achieve at a certain level, that you have to do everything perfectly. Um, but how did we all learn? Failure, Right. We learned how to walk by stumbling and falling over and over and then eventually going, okay, that didn't work, like, and getting better and better at it. Everything we've all done, we all continually grow in. Your job that you're at right now, the reason that you can do what you do now is because of repetitive practice. There was failure, and then there was growth, and there was, like, this continual process, right? Why do we think that evangelism and sharing our faith is going to be the same way? That, like, everybody's just going to be like, yeah, sign me up, I'm in. Like, I want to be part of this. Um, it's not always going to happen that way. And um, Matt even brought up that there's like um, a process now where, um, like, were you saying like at school, like uh, applying for jobs, right? So this idea that like we get fearful that we're never going to get a job and nobody wants us. And so like applying over and over and getting multiple rejection letters and being like, okay, none. But then you've, if you throw out like 40 um, job applications, you're bound to get one, Right. And you eventually find that, like, okay, there is somebody that wants me, and there is somebody that's interested in this. And, um, and so I think, like, that whole process of just, like, thinking that we're just going to be perfect every single time we do something, it's just, it's not there. But what Jesus is teaching his disciples is just go. Begin to share it. There will be rejection. Shake the dust. Like, move on. Um, continue to be part of this process of proclaiming the joy, the excitement of what God's doing. And if people don't want to be a part of it, that's fine. Just keep going, and eventually they'll see. Um, and so... What the disciples do here is they, they're transforming their mindset. And what Jesus does is, like, by sending them off with nothing in their hands, is, like, learn to trust. 
Learn to trust that I'm with you, that this gospel message is really good, and that I'm going to use you in powerful ways to transform the lives around you. Um, but you just got to trust in this. Don't lean on your finances. Don't lean on your car. Don't lean on your, your phone, all these different things. Like, just trust me in this process. Like, I'm going to do some beautiful things through you. Um, but that requires transforming our minds, like we talked about last week. Um, and I want to just reiterate that in Romans 12. Paul talks about that, like, don't conform to the patterns of this world because conforming to how the world does things will tell you that you're not good enough, you can't share this, like, nobody's going to believe what you're talking about. But he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what's God's, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And, um, and in that process, you discover how beautiful God is, that um, we've been conformed to the world and conformed to all these different ways that actually don't bring life. Um, when we talk about gardening, that don't produce fruit. Um, but what these disciples discovered is God's doing rad things. Healing took place, right? Lives were transformed as a result of them being obedient to it. And what we see here is they ushered in healing. They ushered in what it looks like to have this kind of life that's abundant that is in Jesus. And so he says, shake off the dust, keep moving, um, and recognize that it's not always going to work, but there will be fruit. There will be beautiful things. The same way when you plant seeds, there will not always be a crop from every single seed that you plant. But be obedient to planting, right? No farmer gives up just because half the crop failed. Like They're like, no, half the crop succeeded, and I'm selling all of that, and people are eating, right? We continually think in, in this um, place of growth, transformation, that God is working and doing beautiful things. And so uh, I think to kind of just give us like a tangible way to move forward is to ask these two questions is, who are you farming with? Um, because Jesus sent them out together. Who are you farming with? Who are you going to spend time learning and failing with um, and having conversations about what does it mean to farm well? What does it mean to share the fruit of what God's doing, God's kingdom well. Um, and I think that's what happens in our life groups. That's why we gather here on a Sunday. Um, that's why we grab meals together during the week. We grab coffee. We want to continue learning what does it mean to, um, to farm well and be that kind of community that, that does it well. And so you have to do that in community. You have to do that together. Um, but then here's the core of it is who needs healing in your life? Because I think when we start to see the need in others and others around us, we begin to see the kingdom at, hand, at work, right? There was healing that took place because the disciples were obedient to see someone that was hurting. They saw someone that obviously wasn't experiencing the kingdom of God in a beautiful way. And not only was it their physical healing, but there was spiritual healing. And so I would just ask you is like, who do you know right now that needs emotional healing, that may need physical healing, that may need spiritual healing, and serve them? Because that's how the gospel begins to move forward, is we begin to be the conduit of God working in people's lives. Is there a community that, like we talk about feeding people, nourishing physically their body, right? Um, when we begin to see those needs, that's how I think evangelism begins to work powerfully, where God begins to work. And then because we are out serving, we are out going, it's not about me, it's not about my keys, my car, my finances, my stuff. Um, it's about 
others. It's about trusting God that he wants to work through me to help someone else. And it may require your wallet. It may require your car. It may require uh, your phone in some way, but, but that's not the core of it. The core of it is what God's doing, right? And so um, that's my challenge is to answer those two questions um, and go and serve and bring healing. Bring healing where it's at because you guys are all gifted in ways that does bring healing. The gift of encouragement, right? Um, the gift of even just a meal for somebody. Just saying, hey, can we grab coffee? Can we grab dinner or whatever? And I'll, I'll cover your meal. Those are blessings. Those are ways to begin to usher in the kingdom of God, of generosity, of love, of care, right? Um, and that's, that's, I believe, evangelism at work. That's, that's what Jesus was teaching his disciples there. So let me pray, and then uh, we'll close with some time in reflection. If you want to sit while Matt plays, uh, or if you just want to grab some coffee and share um, maybe ways that you're going to go serve this week, uh, that would be beautiful. So let me pray. Lord, um, we are grateful for uh, your scripture and, and the word that, um, that reflects how you call us to go out. Um, so help us to be dependent on you every step of the way as we leave this place, um, as we go into the rest of this week. Um, help us to be, um, I guess representatives of you, Jesus, um, wherever we go. Help us to do that in community. Help us to have the strength and confidence to know that your Holy Spirit goes with us, that we're never alone. Um, but you call us to farm. You call us to plant seeds. You call us to, um, to till the soil, to just to be consciously working towards bringing your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And so, Jesus, we want to be more like you. We want to learn to continually do that in our daily lives, and so help us to um, use our resources, use our, our voice, uh, use our minds, our hearts, everything about us to serve our community and to reach out and share the gospel and share this good news, the fruit of what it means to be in your kingdom. So we love you, and I thank you for each and every person in here, and I pray you just empower them to do beautiful things this week. In your name, amen. So again, I'm just to reflect. You're welcome to stay in your seat. If not, grab some coffee.